This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh, <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. It feels like a defeat, but it really isn't. Here to join me to break down today's draw against Newcastle, we've got Matt, we've got Stu, we've got Pricey. I dread to ask it, guys, but how are we all feel on this Sunday evening? Pensive. Broken down. I'm fine. You said breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're going to get right into the thick of it because I don't know about you guys, but uh, that, that's ruined me bank holiday a bit. And it shouldn't do because it's a draw, but there's bigger picture stuff, there's smaller picture stuff. Um, as always, we're part of the 90 Min Football uh, Network as well kind of don't know where to start to be honest but i was filled with so much optimism at one o'clock today um not just because i had a really nice sunday uh roast um but the starting lineup um full debut uh for nunez um in the, in the league thought it was great um you know starting lineup wise fantastic that's like the strongest lineup i've seen wolves genuine on paper for ever is that, is that too much to say? Do you think, gents? Mm, I was um, I was just pleased that Aitnuri wasn't in that squad because I had uh, well, not in day eleven because I had dreams of Trippier kind of getting the better of him on the, on the opposite side and us constantly having to battle the, the ball coming in over the top and him having to defend it. So seeing you know Johnny and Samedo as the as your fullbacks is as good as it. Could possibly have got really, I think, from a, from a lineup point of view. Yeah, I think Samedo being back from the start as well made it. It just makes a huge difference because he's such a quality player, and obviously we'll get into him. I mean, he was, although he was absolutely immense today, anyway. But he he, he looked fit and well on um, against Derby, like Derby against Preston. So there was no real reason why he wouldn't start this game. But you never know, do you, with, with Bruno? So. That's, that was the main point for me, just seeing Tomato back and seeing, in theory, this system is made for him. But there we are. I think, I think the issue was was just making sure that, well, I, I think the only spot up for contention was Aitnora is because, if we're, if we're honest, he's, he's had made a few errors this season, hasn't he, in the first couple of games. And we all said that Tomato is when fit should be starting <clears throat> so therefore um johnny who's always normally seven out of ten should then just switch over to the side so for me that was that was the only really position that was up for, up for contention so um yeah when the, when the line was announced i was well happy i thought yeah that's that's pretty much probably our strongest 11 maybe you would say so I was quite yeah. happy with it. At what point did your optimism 
because I I felt the same. I was like, man, this is this is this is the team, guys. You can see that midfield free working. You can see how it can. You can have different variations, I guess, um, during the game that Nunes might be able to push on a bit further if we need someone a bit deeper. It all, I can see it all working. Um, but it sort of didn't, and I can't. I, I've been trying to like wrap my brains for the last four hours about why it didn't, because despite having more, you know, free midfield, free high quality midfielders. Despite one of our midfielders having, you know, frankly a nine out of ten performance in Ruben Neves, we still struggle to control the game, um, particularly in the first half. Um, Matt, Matt, what did you sort of think of? I guess the the, the opening stages of the game. Well, I thought that we had a lot of joy on on the wings. I think we, you know, we were open. We got quite a lot of space to run in behind and stuff like that, but. It just goes to that age, that age-old problem where a final ball, final delivery, and a lethal, a lethal striker in the box. Yeah, it just seems like the age-old stories. We, we could pluck a piece of audio from any podcast for the last fourteen weeks of this show, and it'd be absolutely apparent, no matter who we've played, what style, and what the scoreline was. It's the same problems week in and week out, regardless of personnel, and you've got to then look at the tactics and uh, other forces in play other than sometimes the players on the pitch, I think. Let's get that ball rolling. Come on. I think I think 14 weeks has been a bit generous. You could go back two years, two and a half years. Um, mm. You can Well, you can go back to Project Restart for when it, it all went shit. That's, that's, it hasn't changed since then, despite being two different managers. We're still as blunt as Emily. It's terrible. <laughs> And nothing changes regardless of who's in charge, who's playing on the pitch. It's always shit. <laughs> and in a weird way, I kind of enjoyed the first 20, 25 minutes. I thought it was a really good open game with both teams going at it. And I thought, all right, and this is, at least this is better than what it could have been, <laughs> considering Newcastle be without their best player as well. Um, it's just, oh, dear. Yeah, I think I think I think that was you're trying to you're trying to think. Let's not just kill everyone off already, but I mean, lost for words, really. Yeah. That halfway through the first half is the answer, Rich. And can I just say that t-shirt that you are wearing is very. Um, it was the same t-shirt that Nathan Nathan Drake wore in the demo of uh, Uncharted One, or, uh, E3. There you go. For, for all the audio, I was going to say for all the audio listeners, I'm wearing a, I guess, short sleeve baseball t-shirt, which you call it, Stu? Yeah, with the Raglan uh, maroon Yeah, sleeves. Raglan. Yeah, that's more. Yeah. For the fashionistas there. Yeah. I was going to say, make sure if you are listening to it on, on podcast, format, do make sure to uh, check out us on YouTube and you can see what we're all wearing. So, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Then feel free to cost a living crisis. Somebody, I need a, we need to make any extra money that we can. <laughs> a, a, any way to drive clicks. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, and, and then head cast. over to our only the only <laughs> fan cast page for when I'm not wearing those clothes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, halfway through the first half, I think it's a good summation of because it was a bit end to end and. <laughs> There were points where you say, like, on the break, we looked tidy. We had that glorious Neves pass um, 
which kind of set the the mood and the tone for his performance. Um, but then it, I wouldn't say sort of blushes were spared or anything, but that Neves strike before half time was very much what the doctor, or, doctor ordered, but did it also paper over cracks a bit as well? Massively. And I mean, I, I went down at half time being quite annoyed, and everyone was all, as everyone normally is with uh, going into the break, leading. Um, it was we hadn't done anything apart from that that Neves wonder ball and then the um, the decent bowling by Geddes. That was it. That was all we all the creative all the creativity from the whole half again against a team like that. And we got massively got out of jail by a wonder strike, which is what one once every five six times a year if we're lucky. The, but the same old problem was there, so it, it massively papered over the cracks. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at that. I, I was, I was. By the way, my I took this game in for my new vantage point from the family enclosure. Since I have switched oh. from the safe bank into the family enclosure, so I have a new view on proceedings. There is all low tier side on, and for what I saw, I just I know Neves. I, I might be a bit controversial here, by the way. But I know Neves scored his goal and and whatever. But I don't know <laughs> what I saw from him today. I, I saw quite a lot of ambitious passes that didn't never came off this game. I thought he was he, he did have quite he quite trying to play, play quite a few sort of you know, in, in the FIFA terms L one and I guess triangle through ball mm. passes. A, a lot of them didn't seem to come off and. I just thought the, the game in general was there's was, there's was not a lot going on. It's two two quite low quality teams, really. If, if I'm honest, I mean Newcastle. Yes, they've got the wealth, but when you look at the team, right? Apart from I think Botman was their only summer signing that that started in the team today. Correct. I mean I'm willing to be correct on that, but <laughs> Dean knows. Um, but I don't know. I just thought it was a bit. It was a bit low in quality, like the whole, the first half and the game in general. And I don't know, I just thought we were quite fortunate to go in at half time to be one up because we, yeah. when you look at it, did, did we carve open Newcastle much really, given, given what we had on the pitch? Not, not really. I thought we were a bit low on quality again, going in and the break with what was essentially a Neves wonder strike. Brilliant. But I thought on the whole, given what we've got on the pitch, I just thought we were, we were a bit low on quality today. Well, low on creativity, should I say, first half. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I agree with you to a degree. I, I wouldn't quite say low on quality overall I think both teams struggled that they don't like they're without Wilson so they lacked that additional goal threat Wolves just don't have a goal threat and it kind of meant that we could both teams could get up and down the pitch and you know look threatening at points but as soon as it came into the final third I was never really stressing uh, particularly in the first half and, and up until about well to be honest the 
80th minute, 90th minute, about them scoring because bad trust in Saar. The, the defense, the defense looks solid enough. I know um, that Colin seems to have divided opinions a lot of, between fans today. I think I think he did fine. I don't think he yeah. was Baffled. amazing. He got caught out that one time, but apart from that, um, I just thought he, he, he again he was solid, but. Uh, again, defensively, um, what one person who deserves a mention is Nelson Samedo, who, good grief, he put in a shift today. He did, he did. He, I mean, there was one, there was one moment in time when he, when let's call a spade a spade. He had, an, he gave away a needless yellow. At that point, I thought, well, we're in, we're in bang trouble now because Saint Maximan's going to just absolutely have him on toast, give him every opportunity for a foul and a second yellow and sending off. But even then, he, he was just immense. He was just everywhere he needed to be, a marshalling performance and what felt like where we've been exposed so many times over the last, yeah, like like Stu says, you know, 18 months. It, it felt like a safe pair of hands with him at least on that pitch um, because he was just everywhere he needed to be, made crunching tackles when other defenders wouldn't have. Um, he, he, was, he was a joy to watch today I, I, and I think everybody can appreciate and eat a bit of humble pie for what they've said about Tomato over the last, um, you know, couple of years of his tenure here. Yeah, there, there was that one, there's a couple of runs in the second half as well, where you could see, you thought, well, well, if you lot are wasters and not going to do anything, I'll do it all on my own. Then and he he took took it upon himself to run with the ball, which we haven't had from a, from a fullback with Johnny there, because that's not his game. And it just mm. opened some, and he, even though he, he drew the foul and we had a free kick on the, on the halfway line, he still opened things, opened the team up, and it's just again something different. If we had that, and if Aitnuri hadn't been completely awful from a defensive point of view so far this season, but that's the kind of thing that we we thought we were going to get last year from the Bruno Live system that he had at Benfica, and we, we've got we've got half half of the team that can do that now. Um, but yeah, I thought he, even that little that little five minute spell in the second half where he switched with Johnny and he was playing left back for whatever reason that happened. How that happened, I don't know. Yeah, I thought, well, that must be because of the, the yellow that he's on with St. Maximum and they don't want to take him off for eight Nuri yet. Um, but then they switched back again and it was odd. But it's, I think, it says it all about them, about how well the defense as a whole played because he took. Uh, nemesis off and Chris Wood really didn't do anything for a change man because Cody wasn't there for him to bully this time but he took him off and then they put St Maximum through the middle <laughs> you think well you're changing your entire game plan and your way of playing because you've got it's a you shall not pass moment and we haven't had that defensive solidity for a long time so from that from defense like you said Rich, that part of the team no fault at all can't complain whatsoever I thought they were great defensively yeah um, I was going to say, the, the other um, thing to mention in the first half that uh, was a shame was the potential for a uh, Nunes goal from, I, I must say, great, great work from Jimenez. Just, you know, it, it, we'll talk about Bruno in a bit. Don't worry, guys. But, you know, saying afterwards about how we pressed them. And I think it was kind of the only time I really noticed it was at that point that, you know, we really restricted Trippier from doing anything. Of course, is, you know, far greater than Nelson Samedo, um, if you listen to Gabby Egbon Lahore. Um, but, you know, and many, you know, Jimenez, great strength. I and mean, what a ball 
um, to pick him out. And it was a shame because I think it, Nunes overall, I think he had a very six out of 10 game. And that I wasn't necessarily expecting him to set the world alight on his first couple of starts. And he showed, but he showed glimpses, and I think that was a really important one. And you sort of hope that in five, six games' time, we're scoring those chances rather than him just not quite being there overall. But I think great, great Den- opportunity. If Den Donker had played like Nunes today, he would have been lynched. <laughs> and I, I don't think that's a that's a unfair, that's a sensationalist comment. I just think everything that we criticised Den Donker for, especially me. For his, his finishing and whether he gets in them positions but doesn't take it, that's exactly what Nunes did today. And we didn't see any of the kind of the dribbling with the ball really that we expected from him. Um, and then it's going to take him time, of course it is, because he's coming from a, a below par league in terms of the Premier League. And you could see, especially towards the end as well, where he had the he had the chance to put a through ball, a, a ball through at the end, and after after actually beating a couple of blokes, and he was just mm. absolutely fucked. He should have been took off about five minutes early, but we've got no options on the bench to bring on for him. Yeah, I think him him and Guedes has mm. suffered similar in that in that manner. That uh, I, I was comparing Guedes to like Trincao, and he's definitely that step beyond Trincao in my opinion in terms of he gets the not gets the game a bit more, but you can see he's just that bit more of a mature player. He's played a few more seasons. But he still needs that extra bit of time, as you know, many players do. Um, but clearly, he's not up, he's not fully up to speed yet in this team, in this country. Um, but we kind of need it to click a lot quicker. As uh, Tom Green says in the YouTube comments, Bruno saying it will take the team to click by mid-November, which we kind of need it to be, you know. Needed to have clicked in mid-August, to be honest, you know, when the when the season starts, personally. But um, well, mid-November yeah. is when the World Cup starts. So yeah, we'll ship. Don't we? We'll ship them out at that point. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, second half, guys. So this was an int- I was going to say, it was my Mike decides to bounce all the way back to you know from Schiffnall to Wensbury to Finchfield and back again. Um, second half. I felt was quite interesting because we actually had key moments happening. Um, let's start with the Shah being saved by VAR. Um, in real time, gents, what did you think? Um, I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't. I haven't seen the replay. I've only seen that image. At the time, I thought it was just the late tackle. So I'm I'm just going on what I saw in real time for now. Um, we've seen this kind of thing where it looks sensationally bad on a still image. If but if he's got in there with any kind of force, then he's got to go. <laughs> Simple as. If not, then fine. Because <laughs> we've seen that in the, the opening weeks of the Premier League already. That just because it it's a high tackle doesn't necessarily mean this season that it's a red card. But he didn't. Yeah. He didn't seem excessive force at the time. With the the issue is though, we're one planted foot away from a broken leg there, and it shouldn't have to take a planted foot and a broken leg for it to be realised that it's dangerous. It shouldn't have to take the injury of the other player for it to be deemed dangerous. I don't think. 
you know what I mean? It, it could have been a lot worse. And it was only by sheer dumb luck that it wasn't. And I don't think then that should then get somebody off the hook for what is a dangerous tackle. Hmm. Yeah, I think as um, Tim Green says in the comments, what, why didn't VAR um, ask a ref to check the monitor? Yeah, well, that's again, that's then to the VAR telling the ref to go and talk to the, go and watch it for himself. That's not, we can't blame the ref for that. That's just one of them things, eh? And it's another fault in the fault in the matrix, fault in the system that these these people are inept at the job. Yeah, it's one of those really. I mean, there was a few decisions like this, and believe it or not, I think these things kind of even themselves out over the game. To be honest, there was there was contentious decision after contentious decision, and it it had all the elements on the pitch for it to get ugly, really. Um, and it didn't the players kind of kept their heads with everything that was going on um so it was interesting that it didn't go down that route as it so often can um with football but i mean what did you think price when you saw it uh, what was your views on the on the potential yeah i think we saw with like the um was it was it milner in the last game who like had a had the challenge who was in the previous game and had like a high tackle, which was a yellow, then looked at a, for a red potentially on, on VAR, but then was rescinded. I think a high a high tackle potentially could be a red, as you know, as is normally what, what we look for. But as you said, it depends on the, the, the force in the tackle. And I don't know, you you, you can't keep you can't keep looking at the at the still images for for a view on this because as, as we know still images you, you you can't bet the house on that because they don't tell the story do they so um from from what i saw it didn't seem that bad a tackle the ref is obviously going to have a look and and var well var's had a look and deemed it as a, a yellow as such so I don't know, I, I, I'm comfortable with it being a yellow as, as such, but um, from that from that point on, if if I'm honest and keen to get your guys' thoughts on this, but I just felt that like we just kind of lost control. Well, well we, we were steadily losing control of the game from this point on. I mean, I know Bruno has said afterwards that we deserve to win, but when you look at the actual stats when it comes to the game. I, you guys can obviously say as, as much as me, but I don't think we're anywhere near where we when it comes to controlling the game. I think not no. Newcastle had two thirds possession, didn't they? I well, mean, we were a, we were a, we were a seventy-five minute team at absolute best, and like I tweeted out earlier, if we're not two nil up, going into three nil up, we're not going to see a game out because we just don't have the energy and the engine to see a game out like that, and it's just. You could feel it. You could just feel the atmosphere or lack of coming from, you know, from the Wolves' home fans, and it just the ever the ever glooming smell of inevitability was wafting <laughs> through the air. Do you know what I mean? It was just you could just feel that it was going to happen. It shouldn't be a surprise to us, unfortunately, because they just looked fucked out well, there after like 60, 70 minutes. Look, I was going to say, gents, did you get your hopes up though? When Jimenez pulled out his telescope, and I don't mean that's I, euphemism. I only saw that about ten minutes ago, so <laughs> now is the answer. I, I don't know. Yeah, actually, to be fair, 
was going to say, in in the days of VAR, uh, can we really? I, I I don't think Jimenez should be pulling out these elaborate goal celebrations. Not not when just, some, just because not, there's always a chance it's going to be pulled back. Well, that one was so blatant, though, as well. I mean, it's not like it's it's one of them where it, oh, it randomly flicks off your shoulder blade or something. It was a blat- It was a blatant foul. I mean, I didn't even move. I mean, it was. I mean, it was right in front of me. Um, so I, I just like you do a bit of like an ironic cheer when like the ball, they put the ball in the net from when the ball, when the play is dead on that kind of thing. Thinking, well, there's no way that's going to be allowed, surely. And the fact that it, it was so quick as well, the, the decision, it wasn't like standing there four or five minutes watching replay after replay. He went to the screen. We know what happens when he does that anyway. It was a foul. But so sure, you're, you, you're on, obviously, the Steve Bullupper as well. Mm. It must have looked like from where you were that the ref pointed to the centre spot as well. <laughs> because I know where you sit, I know what... <laughs> I, know how Mate, I was livid. I, fuck, I started going, I started like, giving it everything. And then and I was like, what the hell? What is this? Yeah, because half, half the stand your side did, like Southbank side did. And then all the ones our side, because we were directly behind him, where he, he was pointing at the plate. He was like, pointing at the thing rather than like that. Um for the audio listeners, hand movements. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see exactly what that meant. It was a, it was a very odd kind of. I don't know why he, he didn't just. He didn't like point that way, did he? He didn't point towards the goal, as in it's a free kick. Mm. He pointed towards the in, where the incident happened, which was just before, like further back from where he was from the centre spot. It was a very weird way of going about it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I was going to say, VAR, I think, was arguably right in both occasions, to be fair, as it annoyingly is most of the time. Um, even it's frustrating, but the, the game management, it it, it never felt, uh, as you alluded to, Matt, there was just an air of inevitability. We're going to concede at some point. It, despite how well we were doing defensively, it just felt like it would get past, you know, the, the attack in the midfield and we just have four defenders and goalkeepers sort of battling for their lives and then when Bruno made some subs which still perplexed me that obviously the midfield was starting to flag we've talked Nunes um, still finding his feet Martino was dead on his feet as well and we didn't have changes there and then Bruno decides to bring on Huang and Podence uh, guys, um, we did have an amnesty at the start of the season, didn't we, Stu? Um, me, you, and Tom um, around Wang, and and uh, we did. To be fair, we've kept it. Up, we kept it up for a couple of weeks because he, he looked he didn't look awful. Um, but yeah, um, less away from Wang for a second. Overall, those subs did they inspire much confidence in yourselves? I mean. Pedence doesn't inspire me in any way, in any sense of the word at all, because you know what you're going to get, and especially against a team like that, he's going to be automatically pissed off when he's coming on the pitch. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to he's going to run around, moan about things, and get involved in things that don't involve him, and that's not getting getting involved in the play, which is kind of what happened. He when he comes off the bench, he always seems frustrated, which you can understand. But you don't want that in a situation, in a game management situation, like we had against that Newcastle side. He just got it absolutely, completely wrong. 
And the fact that we have five subs available, he could have rectified it. He could have hooked one of them and brought someone else on. And just said, yeah, okay, fine, I've got it wrong. Whatever. I know that it's a bad luck doing that. But when you've made such a glaring error, just just own it. Just, just do something else. But Huang, I mean, we'll get to him in a minute, but yeah. I think it just, again, shows, even though on paper it looks a stronger bench than it did when we had children on there against Leeds, it's not really that great, to be honest. Any of them, any of the options off the bench. I mean, I we've like, had a couple of comments on, um, on the old YouTube channel saying, should we have put Adama on? Um, Pricey, um, how do you sort of sit with that? I mean, I obviously, if, uh, in the, uh, the fancast WhatsApp group, I've been very vocal about my, uh, my thoughts on Huang. And, uh, well, in fact, I've been vocal about it on here as well, on public record, on, on, the, on, the, on these... On this vancast, you will know my thoughts on Wang, and yes, we will get to him in a minute. But um, when it comes to subs, I mean, we we didn't make our first subs till the eighty third, eighty fourth minute. You know, how had already had already tried rectifying the situation for him as much as like just after the error mark, and our subs were effectively just just too late again. I mean, the, the, we've already talked about the fact that. Newcastle ended up on something like 65% possession, so that they were well in control of this game, really. Just despite what despite what Bruno might say or anyone else on their side might say about we should have we were in control and should have won the game. The stats don't really bear out that just take a look, you know, possession, shots on and off target, we're behind on that. Um and even then that, that just after their remark, how was Making steps to change the game in their favour, and we were too late. We made we only made three subs, and they came eighty third, eighty fourth, ninetieth minute. Which is too late, too late, too late. And just trying to make any kind of effect, and just trying to trying to change the game, and that's not something that's new about Bruno. That you know we've we've saw this already in him that he's a bit late making changes and. Obviously, this season up until now, that's been enforced upon him because he's got like you know infants on the bench and not been able to change anything. But he actually has got options now on the bench. He does actually have some form of options, be good or bad. He does have something he can change it with. But unfortunately, I think today uh, just completely far too late in reactionary to what was going on, on the pitch. Unfortunately. Late, late making changes is is one thing, one error. To then absolutely make the wrong changes is another. Is 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 twice as bad in my opinion because that game was crying out for us to nullify this Newcastle possession. It, I'm not Traore's biggest fan at all, and I don't think we'd have scored if Traore comes on. But you know what? He presses the team. We presses the opposition ten yards because they're terrified of him. And if that, all, if, if all he had to do was run up and down the side of the pitch, force them back, whack a ball in that even a seven foot seven striker wouldn't be able to head in. Absolutely fine as long as the ball isn't down at our end. And what's the counter to that? Bring bring the shortest player I think we've ever had on. What's what's the story there? Like I just don't. We've got we've got tired legs on the pitch, and again, Dendonka isn't exactly. You know the like the sexiest, most skillful footballer in the world, but surely bringing him on earlier 
just to nullify a, a warm body that has an engine would have been a better than bringing Huang on, who is one mistake away from spontaneously combusting. You know, I just don't understand it. Like it goes from it goes from naivety to negligence at the minute, and it's it's not good enough anymore. And I'm glad that people are starting to ask questions. I mean, especially after when we we talked about that not Derby Preston game um, from midweek, and how Samedo kind of blooded himself back into um, into match fitness. And us, like I said on the uh, on the previous show last week, that trial rate actually had a good 25 30 minutes in that game where he wasn't shit and he actually looked he looked actually looked decent again and for i know he, his body language apparently for people who were around that area he was just standing around and not running up and down the touchline warming up but if he's not being asked to warm up then why would he it's like okay but still you are right we are, we know that he's not good enough we know he doesn't do anything but even i even me was saying, thinking, just get fucking trial right on, <laughs> because everyone is dead. It was. I mean, we'll, I presume we'll, mm. we'll talk about the Castor issue later, but even I was sweating there, just standing there. Nunez was dead, gone. <laughs> you got Dendonka who does a similar kind of job. Bring him on, bring him on. Seventy minutes. It was, what I don't just because we spent money on the guy, he's not. He doesn't have to play every minute of every game. It's just you are. You're right. It's negligence. It's it's stupid and it's negligent. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that, that there's just a, almost that lack of basic footballing awareness. That's what I found sort of so shocking that either you properly shut up shop and that means you bring on Dendonka on in the 65th minute, 70th minute. You say you take off Nunes who's flagging at that point. And you, you just start filling in holes a little bit better and you've got a warm body in there. Or you go for a more proactive substitution of Troy or Ray that will make them think more. Bringing on Podence wouldn't have made those Newcastle defenders think more about what they're having to do. Bringing on Huang wouldn't have made them have to think more. Um, and, you know, we say like this was a game which featured Dan Bird and Matt Target and you don't bring on a Dharma <laughs> Troy or Ray. I find it... Uh, bonkers um that we didn't but uh, the, the, the goal itself i mean it yes it it it's it's easy to make jokes about um in in terms of wang's assist to be honest and it was a wonderful strike don't get me wrong but my question to you is how many rakes do you think wanky chan steps on a day <laughs> It depends it's, if make, he's making biscuits at the same time because that seems to kind of nullify anything bad he ever does. We need we need to have right a, a, a very serious conversation about about Huang Ki Chan right because okay we signed him alone he had about what a two month well six week purple patch give or take right when he's when he joins right. After that, right, you can all go on, You can, everyone can all go on like transfermarkt.com and .co.uk and have a look at his stats from last season, right? He literally contributed nothing after like his six or so weeks purple patch. And genuinely, right, and I've said this before, both in the Fancast WhatsApp group and on these pods, right, I've never known a footballer like Wang Chan. I've never known a footballer 
to have the world's worst first touch than Huang Yi Chan. I think I could trap the ball better than him, genuinely, genuinely speaking. <laughs> I, I, I really, I really, and I'm, and I'm shit at football, but, right, I would, I, I don't like to denigrate one of our own. I, I really don't. But, if I'm being, if I'm putting it very softly, right, it's hard, it's really hard to make a case for Huang Chan being, like, a Premier League footballer, honestly. And this is not reactionary because he basically just gave an assist to St. Maximan <laughs> for today. Just, I, I, re- I, I struggle. I struggle to see what he offers the, the, the team at, at the moment, other, other than obviously giving Bruno biscuits every day of the week for training. <laughs> that seems to be all the offers. But, I don't know, I mean, I, I struggle with him as a footballer just, just to see what, what, he, what he offers. It's, it's unfortunately for him, unfortunately for Huang, right, it's it's unfortunate for him that he's the one that instead of just hoofing it out of play, just clearing your lines and getting getting rid of the ball, right? He has just hoofed the ball in field, which is probably what you shouldn't be doing, right? Um, so Maximan scored the world. Eh? If we, if he tried it again now, he probably wouldn't do what he did during the game. But it's just it's just unfortunate for Huang, the guy who has struggled to meet the standards, right? He's the guy that's just give, you know unintentional. The gifted St. Maximan, the the goal that get that brings it back to one one. But as a bigger oh. picture, right? I really, I really, I, as a bigger picture, I, I just really struggle with 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 Wang. And like I say, I, I don't, I really, despite all I've just said, right? I really struggle. I, I don't like to denigrate one of our own. Really, I don't. But I said the same last season about Trinkau, and I proved right about him. And I'm saying the same again about Huang now. I just, I. I can't. I really struggle with him, but well, I, 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 I thought, thought you what price. I, I, I throw the floor open to anyone else who came to my view, but I just really struggle. With him. Well, I, I'll tell you what he gives us. He gives us hope that we can win a competition to play for a Premier League team because he looks like a competition winner at times. I hate to say it, like I, I, I cannot justify. This is the like some of the the romance that we get from signing players from like other leagues that. You know, just don't work in our style or anything else. I don't know. Um, The issue with, like, listen, we as Wolves fans, A, we need a scapegoat. We always need a scapegoat. Unfortunately, it's him. I don't think there's anything coming back from him now. Once he lost possession a little further, about a few minutes on from the goal, Mm -hmm. it was just pure vitriol from the crowd at this point. Like, there's, there's no turning back from that. It doesn't matter if he put in four seven out of ten performances where he even assists here and there i just think i just think time's up now unfortunately there's no get there's no getting back the 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 court of public opinion sometimes once the court of public opinion is guilty it's all you're going to do really and Stu especially knows i am not a card carrying paid up member of conspiracy club it's not me i don't i don't deal in any of that mumbo jumbo however I hear people when they talk about, oh, we are only paying to bring in money for the for the South, uh, the South American market, and I just think to myself, it's 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 absolute drivel, like normally, but I, I can't not think about it now because there's no there's no reason why this man gets the chances that he does. I just can't see it. I can't. Someone convince me otherwise. I'm not going mad that this isn't just some ploy for money because. There's got to be other people that can do something that he 
that, that he can. Do you know what I mean? Some someone talk some sense into me, please. Well, he can. He's the, the thing is, I find it really difficult with this because he's clearly in. He probably can barely speak. We haven't heard anything from him. Like from the looks of things, he doesn't really speak that English that well. But that doesn't excuse how bad he is. He's I mean, thinking about it, I mean, obviously we've had worse players, but relative to where we are as a Premier League club of relatively established Premier League club at this point, he has to be one of the worst players we've ever had relative yeah. to level at the time. It's not Absolutely. even... I mean, you try. You think of some of the, some. I mean, Robin van der Laan and Manuel Thetis, all the, the, the usual ones, the usual suspects who come out in this list. He's up there because he's so shit. And he doesn't do anything at all. He doesn't do anything, and I don't even care about the. He, he tried to help. He, he's, it's not his fault. He's so bad. He, he tried. He tried to help out in defence. Fair play. He, he didn't go hide, and he still, he still, after all the shit, he still doesn't hide. Which fair play to him. But the problem is Bruno. Bruno is picking this guy who is way out of his depth because of fucking biscuits. It doesn't make any but, sense. But you know what? Like even even when he doesn't start him right and brings on for six minutes, he still fucks things up. He put yeah. him on for six, six minutes right, and he still managed to fuck things up. And I, you know what, just referring to some of the comments, right, and it's, it's a comment I see a lot, to be honest, about whenever any Asian player signs for a Premier League club, it's about sh shirt sales, right? We've only signed the player because of shirt sales, right? Juan cost us, what, 14 million, right? Mm -hmm. At £50 pound a pop, we've, we've got to sell 280,000 shirts, right, <laughs> to, to, make, to make 14 million back. <laughs> That ain't happening, right? So we haven't, we, we, we never sign a player just for shirt sales, right? We just, it just don't, we just don't do that. That's that's not that's not a ploy way to sign a player, right? But it's just, it, <laughs> it's just typically his luck, right? In the space of a week, right? Him there's just give him a penalty versus Preston, and he scuffed the shit out of it and missed it. He's <laughs> come on for six minutes today and given and given Maximan a volley to score today. The blood's cursed, generally. It's I was going to say, game. what do we think... Go on, what do you think he's going to do against Bournemouth? Are we thinking red card and give away a penalty? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at, at, at this point, the only thing left for him is just get Barry Fry to piss on him because that's the only way it's going to lift this curse. Because it, it is farcical how, how it can happen to him all the time. Is that, is that an actual lifting of the curse? Barry Fry to piss on you? Is that right? <laughs> well, it worked at the St. Andrew's pitch, date, eh? So, uh, but that's that's the only kind of curse lifting thing I can think of in the uh, in the English football period. <laughs> I don't. I mean, that might be I, one for a football cliche. Whether you see some luck or something, and and like I don't know, it, it'll just turn suddenly. And he'll score. He'll bag a brace against Bournemouth or something. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I can't see it. I just like I said. Like I say, I mean, I put on record on and on this on this podcast about my thoughts on him. I'm, I'm not. I'm not alone with it either. We're, we're all. I think we're all kind of on the same wavelength when it comes when it comes to Huang and the fact that what 
what is he actually offering us? Because I don't think any of us four on this pod, any of us on the whole fancast chat, any of us who listen and watch the fancast, I'd invite the comments to come in. What does he? What does he actually offer the team? Because I don't know. I think I. I just think we're all struggling. We're all struggling. And I go back to last season when we inexplicably decided to make it permanent halfway through the season. Like, he'd just come back off his injury. He hadn't done anything since his injury in, in January. It was like, surprise, we've just spent £14 million on this guy who, you know, scored four goals in a few games, has done nothing since, and is offering nothing to the team, but we're now going to commit £14 million to him. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, it, it just baffles me. Genuinely baffles me. I mean, when you when you think it, that we've spent 30, was, yeah. 30 million English pound on Huang and Catrole in, in the last four years. I was going to say, and politely throw Fabio Silva into that mix as well. Now, I know you could argue Silva's got potential. But there is a lot of money being spent that you could argue isn't getting you the short-term returns. But, guys, we're going to take a short break. Um, because I think we've talked to death this Newcastle game and there's a few big um, conversations I think we need to have right after this short break. Hi, it's Rich. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk hello everyone and welcome back um guys there seems to have been a bit of a sea change up around walls the last not even just today it feels like this weekend around bruno large and i know matt you've been chomping up a bit for this conversation for the last 46 minutes so i'm gonna let you uh leave the conversation on this um is it time for Bruno to get the boot? Let's just look, first of all, at the reasons why, up to this point, it is being sacrilege to question Bruno. He's not had a full pre-season, was a good one. He's had that now. He's not had the players that he wanted to bring in. He's got that now. Um, and then there's been some key injuries to key players who have come back now. And we've, sh- we've brought in players to positions that we need. Not all, but that we need. And those have all been reasonable things to not put the blame on the manager and to question other people around the club. But when you look at some of the tactical decisions that were made today, and then you think back and look at other, other ones such as that, and the pressure's on now because he's got his players that he wants, it's making a really difficult case to go forward with the man for the remainder of the season, bearing in mind other teams that you traditionally would expect to really suffer so far this season look like they've upped their gears and they're already looking like they're miles ahead of the pace than us. A bad result against Bournemouth, and I mean a bad result is anything other than a decisive win 
and he's got to go, Frank. See, I, 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 I hate to be Bruno out. I really do. I've been, I've been a proper, proper defender of him, saying he's not been. We've been unfairly. You know, he's 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 still like dragging the ghost of Nuno behind him and everything else. But he's creating his own problems now. It's different when there were problems that he's had to deal with. But he's creating these problems himself now, and the the tide's turning very, very quickly, far too quickly for my liking. But it's 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 becoming untenable. Can I just say as well? Um, I won't name the the bookmaker because other bookmakers are available. But um, Bruno Large is currently fourteen to one. To get the to be the next manager to leave, if that's where you were, uh, you think it's going. Um, I'm going to shout out uh, a friend of mine, Knocker. Uh, he's long since said on uh, another one of my uh, WhatsApp chat groups that Bruno is on far, far, far from concrete ground. Going back into last season, as we called out here, he's been without a win for. Or a long, we had that, we had that really bad end to last season where we we couldn't buy a win, no matter for, for all all the all the riches from it in any kingdom, we just couldn't buy a win whatsoever. Um, unfortunately, it's it's carried on into this season. Um, you've got to wonder, you have got to wonder at what point Defoe and think that this this guy can't can't change games, he can't, he's not taking us where, where we need to. As Matt said, you know, he's he's got he's got some of his players in that he wants now. There's, there's obviously a couple more that he's thinking of getting in. So, you know, the, the new Maya Hoffer might be coming in and the the, the Mets Traore might be coming in. Um, whether that boy, if he gets his players in, whether he, he gets a couple of months, you know, to, to bed these players in. If, you be, if we're being honest, well, if we're being impartial, let's say, you know, he's he said right from the off at the summer, he wanted all his players in prior to the pre-season games to get them in. He hasn't had that. The players have come in late. Does he get any mitigation for that? Alternatively, you know, he's he's got a, he's got a couple of good players in there that he wants in the style of Collins... Nunez, Gedez, effectively the spot a spine of the team that's come in. That's that's what he wanted. It's not working at the moment. You know, we're not we're not looking creative at the moment. We've our two home games, two draws, our two away games, two defeats. You know, it's 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 it doesn't scream positive. You have got to be honest. So unfortunately, in, in this cutthroat football world. You, you do have to start worrying for him in general. You know, you, you do have to start worrying the fact that is this the guy that can carry the ship forward? And I don't know, there are, there's quite a few questions there for him at the moment. Or answer questions as well. I mean, when you look at... I mean, it's, it's not a massive body of work, is it? He had what, he's had one job before here. And he left that job because he couldn't arrest a slide. <laughs> that slide with us... Happened last year, last season. He couldn't sort it out, and it's continued into this season, but from a different for a different reasons. We're not. It's all what like um, Tony Cascarino said something on Talksport this morning. Um, he said Wolves are the best football side I've ever seen who can't score a goal. But what's the fucking point in that? What literally? What is the point? 
it's all well and good playing tippy tappy bollocks and oh yeah, it all looks nice. But if you can't score goals and you don't look like you're going to score goals, then you're going to get relegated. And I know people are going, oh, no, no. yeah, I did have money on us going down because I could see it happening. <laughs> Honestly, I could see it happening. You look at the, we got Bournemouth Wednesday. They just got smacked 9-0 and they look awful. Last time when Bournemouth beat Birmingham 8-0, we then faced Birmingham and drew 0-0 with them. We know what's going to happen Wednesday because it's Wolves. This is what happens. So that then brings us on to Southampton on Saturday, yeah? After that, we've got Liverpool and Man City. There is a possibility we could be going into the first international break. So what's that? Eight games with four points. Without a win. Uh, yeah. four. I mean, if you get a draw against Bournemouth, a draw against Southampton... <laughs> I got laughed at again for say for uh, and all people putting sides up saying our oh, doom and gloom, but it's not doom and gloom when you can see it with your own eyes that we don't score or don't look like scoring at all. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not going to say Bruno eight, even though we all know who I want here. But let's just, I mean, if you look at it without mentioning him, without mentioning the great man, um, let's just let's just leave him there for a second. Mr. Deich, yeah, bad football, yeah, long ball shit. We, me and you, probably, we hate Eddie Hay with a passion. That, that's kind of, for me, that is wavering a lot because he's evolved, he's changed. What he was at Bournemouth yeah. was, was a terrible little shit. At Newcastle, he's playing a completely different style. He's getting the best out of his players, playing a different way, and he's playing to the strengths. Sean Deich came out in an interview in the week I don't know, it was with Football Daily, I think, talking about, yeah, I played with a certain style with Burnley because that's what I had. Obviously, I'd want to play better football if I had better players, but the people at Burnley wanted a bit of grit and whatever. I don't know, I'm not saying necessarily get Sean Dyche in, but just because someone's played a certain way doesn't mean that that's the way they're going to be playing. When we, we thought we had Bruno, Bruno Large 4-4-2 inverted wingers 12 months ago, it didn't happen. It still hasn't happened. So... If it if it carries on like this and we're getting into the, what a fifth of the way through the season when we haven't got a win or if we've got one win, then you're going to have to start looking around because can this club afford to be relegated? I don't think. Can so. Can I ask you a question, then, Stu? I'm gonna I'm I'd hate to do this to you and make you public enemy number one or basically take a clip from you and put this on the internet. Do you hope we lose against Bournemouth so he gets the sack? I don't want him to get the sack down. I don't want Bruno Lai to get sacked. <laughs> Zoom in on him as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my mug. We've got to clip this out then, okay. I do not want Bruno Lai to get sacked. I don't want him to get sacked. I want him to be a success because I like the, I like how he speaks. I like the way he does things. But you can't keep playing tippy-tappy football without an end, pro- without end result. The, the, the reason we watch football is to be entertained, but to win games. If we're get, getting entertained... And losing every week or drawing and not not getting anywhere, then what's the point? I mean, today we were pegged back more than Prince William. It was fucking ridiculous. And why? Look at that midfield that Newcastle had compared to our midfield. There was no reason for it. And if he can't arrest the slide in games and as a season overall, questions have to be asked. Nicely put. Annoying. Yeah, it's so nearly perfect. 
So you, you, so you look at that midfield, as you say. So we've got Neves, Moutinho and Nunes against Joe Linton, Sean Longstaff and Joe Willock. I know maybe, Gabby, maybe Gabby was right. <laughs> no, no, don't give me any, please don't give me any credit for that abomination. No, you can't, you can't give me any credit for that abomination of a cliff. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, it's, it's always good. It's always good to pull it back to reality, isn't it? Sometimes. I mean, I, I, I'm very much on the fence about it, and I can't work out if because today felt like a defeat is worse. But I've seen comments going into the game, people saying, "If we don't get something right here, then it's Bruno out." So this isn't something that's just happened because of today. It does feel like it's had a bit of build up. And you say we, we could be going eight games in with, let's be honest, pessimistically, Stu, it's not four points, it's two points. You know, we... Oh, well, <laughs> is, if, if, we lose, this... if we lose the next two games, he has to be sacked. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's... that's inconceivable even even for me being a doom monger and whatever you want to call me we cannot lose to fucking bournemouth and southampton in the next week that's that if that happens is, is you'll be drawn lose... and clawed <laughs> no that's not yeah, happening if we lose, no way if we lose to bournemouth that's a sackable yeah. offense instantly if we lose to bournemouth that's instant yeah p45 yeah no i i i genuinely agree genuinely agree um and i say it's a shame and I think the fact that me and Matt were chatting beforehand, I think the fact that we were already, you know, alluding to, well, who would you have come in is never a good sign because it must be so hard to come back from that momentum because it's gone past addressing a slide and we're in a slump at this point. Like, these these last 11 games, you say we, we're without a win. But that, that's a huge amount of games. Imagine if we had that you know, backloaded it and into the end of the season, which we essentially did, we'd be relegation fodder. We really yeah. would. And it's worrying. I mean, and I know towards the end of last season, we you know, we, we played some good teams. We, we played Chelsea. I think we had Man City in that run. We had Liverpool last game of the season and, and stuff like that. But momentum builds momentum and that goes positively and negatively. But it's happened again though as well. The best performance we've had is again that first half against Spurs, and it's all well and good raising your raising your game when you play one of the big boys. Everyone does that. <laughs> and remember, if we get to um, if we go back to our end of season review, Rich, when we said would anyone be bothered if Bruno Lage was not here next season, and it, it was very much a kind of meh before the Wolves TV before the um the Ask Wolves stuff came out and we got his philosophy. Yeah. We couldn't. We didn't, no one cared. I like him, but I don't. Oh, this sounds really bad. I like him, but I don't love him. Um, it feels. What I'm trying to say, it feels very different to how it was with Nuno. And I know, like you still say, all the cult of Nuno and whatever. But I, I don't think either through times or having those moments and memories. Um, it sounds like I'm talking about a woman now. I've just realised, but we haven't. Seem to have forged that same relationship with Bruno, and it feels like the separation, if there were to be one in the coming weeks or months, would would, be, would feel a little bit more transactional. It seems mm. like to me, like Nuno's 
the wife you split up with and Bruno's a girlfriend who isn't quite matching up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what I used to get up to. <laughs> well, there's, there's, a, there's a few things for me at the minute. I'm, I'm flabbergasted, one, that Fosun haven't already done something because we're, we're so led to believe that they're this ruthless conglomerate that are, you know, out to get everybody and it's all money, money, money. I'm flabbergasted that a player hasn't come out and because Bruno is the first person, rightly or wrongly, to throw a player under the bus when he Quite. doesn't like something that they're doing. Exactly. And I'm flabbergasted that there aren't more people that haven't come out to this point with a serious, serious argument why he should stay. Because at the moment, like, I don't want him to go. I'll put that out as well. Like Stu on record, I don't want him to go. But I'm I'm worried it's getting to the point where it divides a fan base. It divides opinion. It, it, you know, the, the, I can't remember an atmosphere being this bad at Molyneux for ages. And sometimes you've just got to pull that plaster off before, you know what I mean, before it gets too bad. And I'm I'm concerned we're getting to that point now. And, you, you know, you mentioned about him in hanging players out to dry. Well, there's only, you know... Bringing it, bringing us back onto topic. What's happened with Bolly today as well? Do you know what I mean? It, that's that isn't the sign for me of good man management. Okay, so the player, fuck off, Bolly. Now he's he, he doesn't want to play for us. Absolutely fine. Keep your dirty laundry in the basket. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Don't don't. It, it's not there for everybody to see. It's everything's so disruptive at the moment. It feels like, and it's just one more thing, one more negativity around the club, which is just compiling, compiling. And it will, it will eventually get too much. I've got, I've got to worry. Yeah, for, you know for those, if, I was going to say, if, sorry, if, for those who aren't in the loop, basically the Willy Bolly news that um, Bruno Large confirmed in a press conference is that Willy Bolly was supposed to be in the squad today and he, well, was not on the suspension. Apparently, he just didn't turn up to Molyneux. Um, as I think some, it might have been Dan in, in our group chat went, don't they all go from the hotel together? So has he like st- has he stayed at the Novotel or the Mount or wherever they stay? Has he just like slipped off? But I completely agree. It's it's similar to the Janky um Kirjan Hoover situation, Matt, isn't it? Where he mm-hmm. was very open about it. And I think sometimes with Bruno, he's almost too honest with some things where as you say, keep it in indoors. Because frankly, and and hey, we, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about a potential new signing here who um, refused to play over weekend. So, uh, I, you know, stones oh, and glass was, houses or whatever. It doesn't matter if you say, you know. Yes, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. This 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 works. This, this this sort of thing, right? It works both ways, right? We were this uh, the new Meyerhofer that we're signing, right? We were lauding the fact that you know he's he doesn't want to play for Stuttgart until he signs for us. We're we're saying yeah, get him, get him in, get him in, get him in. You know, it's great, it's great that he wants to go and strike to play for us. We can't then lord that and then throw stones at Bolly because he's doing the same because he he then wants to move. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't work both ways, is it really? This is look. Let's look at it honestly. Bolly is a guy who where is he? Where, where is he crawling the food chain with us? He's not first choice. He's not second choice. Is he third choice? No. Is that Totti? Really? Is he is yeah. he fourth choice? No. Is that Mosquera? I don't know. Fifth choice potentially. He could be as low as fifth choice, centre half, right? And he's he's getting a bid in from another team who we don't know. 
has said, you could be your first teamer for us. So he, at his age, and how old's Bolly? Is he 30, 31? Yeah, a bit of that. But, yeah. Something, something like that. So he's got an offer where he could potentially be a first teamer. And I don't know, well, I don't know whether we're, you know, we're rejecting the first bid because I'm a million pounds. That's, it, is, it is a bit low. <laughs> given, given, you know, he's, he's not that bad. He's, he's, not, he's not a million pound player. People in like Champions League. I was going to say, I doubt it covers his contract because I'm assuming Bolly's out of contract at the end of this season. Yeah, he is. So I bet. Yeah. A million wouldn't even cover his wages for this year. I'm, I'm, it's low. It's a low fall off. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, but the the issue isn't the issue isn't. I don't think many people are, are, are anti bolly in this scenario because they understand the, the the politics and everything of football. My issue is is like he's going back to the Bruno side, right? So price, you're you want to buy a car off me, right? And you you want this car, and um, the car is sentient in order for this story to make sense. And that car wants to be sold to you and you want it. I want to sell it. Absolutely fine. What Bruno essentially is doing is saying, before you buy it, by the way, it's a bit unreliable. It's got some, um, some temperamental issues here. It's telling everybody else that actually maybe it's not worth the value that you want to pay for it in the first place. It's it, there's, there's an issue here and there. There's a reason why, I want to get rid of it in the first place. It'd be like me. It'd be like me selling a car and then advertising on the on the Facebook marketplace. All of its advisories. You just wouldn't do it, would you? <laughs> like it's just. I don't understand the logic in in, in throwing he, a player out to dry like this. I, I don't yeah. know whether he's been forced into this because he would have named a matchday squad. He would have submitted that yeah. sheet with me. He would have submitted mm. that sheet to say this. This is my matchday squad. And then when one of them doesn't turn up, just doesn't turn up at all and where is he he's going to be asked questions to the media isn't he he's going to he's, someone's going to say uh, your team sheet your squad sheet that we've mm. all seen has been submitted it's got Willy Bolly on and I know it's that he's not even here so can you tell me about that please so he's not he's not going to just offer that up straight away he's going to have been asked some, someone is going to have asked him that question which is probably why it's come out yeah. because that's not something you're going to want to offer up is it that's not that's quite embarrassing for him and the club it's not something it's going to offer up yeah, people. It, it is, but, and, and again, it, it could have just been. It could have just been. You're right, and Matt, you're right as well. It's like it could have just been a little white lie saying, you know, he's he's in the process of a transfer negotiation, and and just sort of say it like that. It, it, again, the phrase is the phrasing. Obviously, it's the terminology. It's how blunt it is, and. Again, it screams disharmony where there might not actually be any. As you say, it's fairly natural. So, you know, remember we had Bakary Sacco way back when? I think, what, did he have two protests? Mm. I say protests, that's wrong. But he, he had a couple of occasions where he sat out of games because there was transfer speculation around him. With Personally, I think it's slightly different if you're... Yeah. Personally, I think it's slightly different if you're a 31 year old centre back with a year left on your contract, and you, you know, you'd be fifth choice to come on, you know, third, second choice to come on. But it, it, it's still the stakes of it. He might not want to pick up injured. So again, it, it, it doesn't sit right. It doesn't feed into this narrative of this being a cohesive squad at the moment. When you combine it with some of the extra stuff that's gone on in pre-season, even the last six months. 
it doesn't scream that this is a club where all the players are going pointing in the same direction and whether that's transitional stuff whether that's managerial whether it's the players i don't know but at the end of the day the book does stop with the leadership team in, in that scenario for me um the, the only you know other what? bits i wanted to kind of co- go on to you i was just gonna say it's it's a let's say it's a coincidence but it's not anymore is it that bolly is a one of the, the last ones of nuno's generals and we had this with ruddy with a contract offer and then taken away a day later um then you have the whole Cody situation where he's unceremoniously dropped, even though we, you can argue for the good of the team or whatever, but how it was done very brutally. And then you got this as well. And he does seem like the whole clean sweep that we could have had last year is being done this season, over this, this pre-season and into the start of this. And he's talking at the same time. And, like, I mean, I don't have a problem with airing bad behaviour like the Hoover thing when I said at the time, fuck Hoover. I mean, it's been proved since. He's been dropped to their reserves. That's what a kind of amazing person he is. I mean, fuck him, whatever. But doing this, I think Price is right. He's probably, he's probably like, he has been kind of nailed into a corner with this one because they would have asked him about it. I mean, you could say, well, why would he name someone on the team sheet when he's not in the building? I mean, surely if, if he's not in the building, you would have rang to see where he is. If he's then lied on the phone saying, yeah, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes or whatever, then fine. But it doesn't seem that way, does it? It, it seems like, well, he's named him and he just hasn't bothered, which the whole Moira for two not bothering, not playing first stuff got pissed me off as well. I just, the whole thing, I, mean, I know fo- football's morally bankrupt anyway, but it seems to go against our... No dickheads policy really, doesn't it? So, I don't know. A bit uneasy. Yeah, I think um, Sasa being on... Yeah. Um, I think the one I find most interesting about Sasa name, I won't try and pronounce... Um, it's Kalinich, it's not... Stuttgart striker. Ask us I'm, I'm... Stu, you've seen my production today. <laughs> we're we're going to keep it short and simple. <laughs> um... <laughs> But it feels like we're still, you know, the, the latest I've heard is our, is our bid's been about 15 million, and that's nowhere near Stuttgart's valuation of him. So it'll be interesting to see if we, you know, what add on an extra 33% or something like that. I think they're looking for 20 to 25 million. And again, it's either just do it or don't. Like, it, it, it doesn't make a huge difference at the end of the day for a club like us. And, um, yeah, I, I guess first and foremost is we've kind of talked about whether, you know, we think he's, whether the, the I guess, the moral implications of not playing for a club whilst you're on contract. Because, um, I mean, try to work out, Stu, how, how would your manager feel if you just didn't rock up for a shift? Um, it's, <laughs> and I think we all know what the ads would be. Um, but in in terms of I guess incomings outgoings, we've got a few days left to a transfer window. Of course, do we actually see any proper movements happening, or do we think we're going to walls it up? I think that the I tell you what's really bore my piss this weekend um, is the tell me, sheer. Tell me. I'll tell. I'll tell you, Rich. The sheer <laughs> arrogance that a that the club <laughs> or someone else can swoop in and just pluck 
someone like a Neves out of our squad just because they now need a midfielder that they haven't identified that they're needed for however long the transfer window has been open. And then everybody else goes, yeah, we, I, I think he's going to go. I, th I think we will sign him. And then, then Arsenal can bring and Satan swoop in and pluck Neto out as well. I just like the arrogance of some of these big clubs really annoys me. That, that like, but the, 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 there's a slight thought in the back of my mind that wouldn't put it past um, our recruitment team to just go. That's a, that's a tasty piece of pie we can we can make on this player. But uh, that's it's it's annoying me that like the, the whole Liverpool and Arsenal Photoshop brigade that have been out <laughs> in full force have, have got to me over the last couple of days. I'm, they, they have triggered me a little bit. Plus, plus a question, right? If Arsenal or whoever come in with 50, 60 million for Neto, right? Would you take that? Seriously. Neto, Neto, yes. is, because... Neto is different to Neves. Neto is a one where you, you're not going to replace him that window. So you've got to ask yourself, can we, can we do without Pedro Neto for six months? And the answer is yes, we probably could get by. With two months of them... With, Two months and I'm not even playing. Remember, a month and a half. But we couldn't. Yeah. We couldn't. We couldn't do. We, we we couldn't do without. Um, we couldn't do without Neves for 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 any length of time. One in one injury away from disaster. If Neto gets, uh, if Neves gets injured, I was say because like Neto, right? He's had. Has he been the same since his injury? And if if someone's going to come in, this is a controversial opinion. So I'm open to challenge on this. But I was having this discussion uh, post match and. You think really, given the money that's on offer, right? Is he that value, and is he really? <laughs> I feel I feel bad for this open question, but is he is he as cracked up as we think he is, Neto? Really, is he no. as world class as we think he is? And is the money on offer like Morgan gives White silly money, and and something we should potentially look at? You know, I said last week that if they offered forty million, I'd snap their hands off. I couldn't care less if any of them were fucked off. All of them, just sell them all. It, the only one is liquid out the club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Neves is the only one. You don't sell Neves, do you? You don't sell Neves. That's silly. <laughs> we we're not going to replace him with what a week left. We're not going to replace Neves with a week left. He can't go. It's it's worth more to us if he wants to run his contract down for the next two years and get nothing for him then than selling for fifty, sixty, seventy, whatever money you want to pluck at the air. Neto, on the other hand, if Arsenal want to give us forty million for him, yeah, fine, whatever. He doesn't score and he doesn't assist. He's not been the same player since he came back from injury. Cash him while we can. This, this is what I was thinking, but I don't know. That's this is some sort of controversial opinion yeah. or or not. It is, but I think it's shared. And you know, like a, to be fair, I think the Morgan Gibbs White transfers kind of thrown a lot of things into flux around transfer fees around Wolves just because it was bonkers. But Wolves' price for selling players has, has now been shown. We sell players for 40 million. So long as we haven't bought them in for, you know, Wolves like to buy players traditionally and by and large, apart from the market, a couple of marquees, we like to buy players between 15 and 20 million. Our market fee is 100%. We like to sell them for 40 million. 35 to 40, boom. That's what I mean, we like you, to do. So, you look at it, you know what? Same with Neto, he hasn't reached that 
I was going to say about Zenith. He hasn't reached that level where you go, crap. He, you know, we, the clubs need to pay that extra twenty million for him yet. Compared to Neves, who I think, but last season and going into this season, you see the influence he has in this team, and that's why Neves is worth that bit more. I mean, you, you look at it, you compare it to the Jota deal. Yeah, what we bought Jota for what fifteen something like that, sold him for forty five. You'd say Neto was probably round about, I think it was about 13, was it, with Jordao being the rest for him to have someone to play with for a bit. And then we're selling him for 40. <laughs> the output of Neto since Jota left, well, since he came back from it, since restart, has been minimal. So you're saying, you know, people are seriously going to turn down the same money that we turned, that we got Jota for? No. <laughs> Just, it's madness. It's people hyping up players because they've got a bit of a trick. Doesn't you can have all the tricks in the world. You can go and be a freestyler if that's what you want to do. But if you're not if you're not actually doing your job, then fine. Cash in, move on, get someone else. I, I, I'm interested to see with Neto because I, I, I disagree with Stu. I think he was fat, he was really good for at least six ish months in the lockdown season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he he did then start to waver a bit and become a bit more inconsistent. And then of course he got the injury and it, his recovery was slow from that. And, you know, he played 12, 13 games last season, I think, which was more than I remember him playing. And then, of course, he's had he's had a full preseason. He looked sharp in preseason. But same with, same with Basie, every other player, bar one or two, he's not hit the ground running in terms of that output that's, that's frankly needed. And it kind of loops back. It, it, it's not that I disagree. It's not. I don't know. But it's true. You're right. Like, yeah, they can go because they're not actually doing a job at the moment. So either we need to change the manager, who's going to fundamentally change some of these players and get them scoring goals, which means rekindling um, Neto's form in front of goal, which means rekindling Jimenez's form in front of goal, or you, you sell them and you find players who can do the job better. It it it, it it's kind of a either or at this point, isn't it? But yeah. so I can kind of. I wouldn't say, oh yeah, let's sell him. Like you know, let's you know, let's change his status on football manager to not need a transfer list. N- nowhere near that yet. But actually, yeah, if, if someone's going to give us money and we've spotted somebody else who can fulfil that position, you know, because I think it it seems now that Guedes has come in to almost replace, but you know, Trincao slash Gibbs White in terms of being that extra attacking option, and I think. Um, from what I've seen over the next twelve months, I think he, I think he can get up to where we need him to be. But I don't know; it, it, it's tricky. But um, do we see us signing anyone, guys? I mean, Realistically, if... like first team, first team senior player. The ones, the ones that seem to be irons in the fire that everyone's talking about: Good Traore, Sasa. <laughs> if then, if them two come in. And we get uh, traditional donation to grasshoppers in whatever way, whatever term. I'd kind of grudgingly, begrudgingly accept that, even though we do need a bit more. But that'll be a that'll cover us till now. That'll cover us till Boxing Day, and that's kind of all you really need. We're not going to get. We're not going to get into European competition next season, are we? Not a chance in hell. So, I think cementing our kind of place in that eighth to fourteenth. 
spot where we're going to be kind of living now. I think that's the priority. And I think then, then two players have got every chance of doing that, looking at what we've the, the brief bits that I've seen of them. If we don't, then we're in a world of pain because, like Matt said, we're one injury from to, from Neves away from catastrophe. And that's, that's how ridiculous it is. Hmm. Yeah, I think the um, the two that the two that have been mentioned seem likely off the the Twitter reports. I, I I I don't think just a new striker coming in is going to just wave like some sort of magic wand and everything just suddenly clicks into gear. I think there's something fundamental or some undercurrent at play here where the team just isn't clicking as to how, as to how we want. On paper, really, you look at the team and you think, well, what, what, what really are we missing? Is it a formation? I don't know. Is it, is it a player thing? If we think apart from, you know, yes, we've talked about Neto and he's, he's not at the level he should be and Jimenez not the player he should be, but... If we we've got other options there that we can we can use, um, having the, the, these two new players we talked about will do will do well for us for squad depth, which is needed. But I'm wondering whether it's the magic one that people really think it is, and that these two players coming in will suddenly just completely change, revolutionise this team. I'm, I'm not sure. That's going to be the case, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, I mean, Benita, obviously they were gratefully received as, as players and good for squad depth. But as I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're going to be some sort of elixir that will treat the team and suddenly become to be world beaters. We'll see. Um... I think it's going to be an interesting couple of days in Wolves Twitter. We had a uh, <laughs> made our preseason predictions about when the first Wolves Twitter meltdown would be, and I think we've potentially hit it. But I think we could reach new heights um, on the thirty first if we're if we're not careful. A uh, couple of questions from Twitter corners around. So thank you so much for uh, listening and tuning in, guys. So um, one we had from Paul Wharton, I thought it was interesting. Uh, which is when a ref sets a precedent uh, with tolerating shoves in a game, should VR take this into account as being consistent with the ruling of the game before deciding a shove is clear and obvious? So I guess it goes back to a bit the age-old question about, you know, how should referees referee a game um, in terms of uh, flow and things like that? Well, I, I thought that with what we've heard at the start of the season where the games are meant to flow more anyway and then when the referee sets an expectation that the game is going to be allowed to be played with a little bit more physicality you would expect then that the VAR official should take that into consideration you would expect that because it's only it's only clear and obvious if it's against what the referee is already blowing. Or you know, if he's if he's pushed, if he's run ten yards and pushed him over, it's a little different to what is a physical a battle at which the referee has been happy to give all game. You know, to, to, to let run. So I do think that the the officials in at Stockley Park or wherever it is have got to take this into consideration. But Stu will 
tell me otherwise because he knows the rules better than I do. I, I know what he means, um, but there is a bit of a difference between a, a bit of rough and tumble and a, and a clear fell that leads to a goal. <laughs> so you can't you can't fell someone like that, even if you've had a, a good physical game, which is much better this season than it was last year. I mean, we all like this way. Um, you can't. That cannot stand in any in any world. That goal cannot stand from that that fell happening. It just can't. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think that there does seem to be there does have to be a, not just for that. There does seem to be a, has to be a, more of a connection between the ref and the VAR anyway. Like you said, why didn't he go over and, and look at other things? I think the, the the Premier League directives on not letting the ref use the screen properly, like they do in other countries, is a joke. It just is. It's you look at not. I'm not saying other countries have got it nailed, but. They let the refs choose. The refs can go and have a look. They don't have to just sell the the fact that they're going to have a look because we all know it, they, they've even admitted it that if you go into to the thing to the monitor, you have to you're selling it to the crowd because the ref's looking at it himself. The decision's already made. We know this is fact. It's in the the A League video with uh, Jerry Gillett. If people want to check it out, it's it's all it's all there for everyone to see. The system's there, the officials don't work it properly. But in in this case, I think we just it's clutching at straws because it was a clear fell. <laughs> no question about this one. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um I like that not that you let a couple of these things slide, but you know, just focus on the important decisions. Let 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 the ball keep moving. But yeah, he did push him in the back. Like it, 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 it's very difficult to justify it when you can clearly see him put his hand on the back and push forward. And I don't like Ryan Fraser. You know, he, he is from the uh, Bournemouth Academy of Shits, um, mm. and and a notable diver, and will go down easily in those situations. And I think that's so. That's what annoys me is he didn't need to make that foul. Neto's a good enough player to have probably robbed the ball off him afterwards. He didn't need to foul him, but. Here we go. Um, we're going to call full time on today's pod, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, um, big shouts out to Pixel Yeti Media and 90 Min um, for all your support. Uh, make sure you follow us at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have lots of stuff happening this week. Of course, we've got the um, Bournemouth game. Um, happening midweek as well. I mean, we, we've barely even covered that, guys, um, because I think we're kind of so focused on on today. But um, we'll be back to review that game, of course, and also talk about the uh, deadline day transfers as well. Until next time, though, it's goodbye from Matt. Peace, everybody. Look after yourselves. It's goodbye from Pricey. Keep the faith. It's goodbye from Stu. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh, yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. 
From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.